0: This is the Friday, August 25, 2023 version of the market analysis segment from Market to Market. It was the heat and the humidity this week that blasted crops over several states, leaving a void of limited moisture to finish off a crop in the field and in the trade. For the week, the nearby wheat contract lost 17 cents, while December corn subtracted a nickel. The soybean complex pressed higher on heat and export purchases with some technical assistance thrown in. The November contract added 35 cents on the week and the December meal put on $26 per ton. December cotton expanded by $3.69 per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, September class 3 milk futures strengthened 39 cents. The livestock market was mixed. October cattle improved 235, October feeders gained 328, and the October lean hog contract sold off $2.30. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index rose 74 ticks. October crude oil declined 62 cents per barrel. COMEX Gold expanded 22.90 per ounce. And the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index increased almost six points to settle at 583.20. Joining us now, market analyst Dan Huber. Good to see you, Dan. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Wheat has been troublesome had some Good there's a lot of people yes. there's a lot of you know we got a couple of questions that don't like the outlook of it
1: right. do you yeah. Well, I, I think for the time being, at least, we've probably seen enough punishment to the downside. You know, granted, it uh, doesn't have a lot of good news on its side either. There's no real issues around the uh, the world at this point in time, production-wise. We don't know what Australia or Argentina is going to look like here over the uh, the fall winter months. But but that said, it's uh, you know there's not much of a, f- a friendly story, and, and corn's really not far behind. I mean, the corn just does not have a good. Uh, demand structure right now, so uh, the two two work side by side. All right, I'm in domestic wheat production, mm-hmm. and I'm hearing what you just said. What sure. do I do? I, I think there's no reason to panic at this point in time. I think all of the markets, I mean, granted commodities tend to move in tandem with each other, not that we don't separate from time to time. Uh, beans especially look like they have a little potential to rally here right now. Uh, you know, and again, we don't know these what these yield numbers are going to come in. But boy, if you ended up trimming a half a bushel off of the uh, nationwide bean yield right now, you know, it, it would put some life under the bean market. And I think that's going to support corn, which in turn is probably going to support wheat. Runaway rallies, certainly not, but at least better opportunities to sell than we have today. So wheat
0: needs friends.
1: Wheat definitely needs friends.
0: Corn this week had a lot of heat, but there's a concern that maybe this crop was ahead. This heat didn't matter. The market kind of maybe agreed with that sentiment. Do you? I think to a large extent.
1: Yeah. I mean, and again, I mean, heat was primarily from Iowa West. Or I should say, really, Illinois West. We had heat for three or four days in Illinois. Uh, But, you know, far enough along, probably not significant damage. You know, granted, it looks a little tougher here in Iowa than it does in Illinois. But then you go east, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin. You know, really, crops look beautiful there, and yes, I mean Iowa is certainly the big one, and in Minnesota, according to Pro Farm, at least, is going to struggle this year. Uh, but, but that said, you know, not enough to, you know, when you when you're talking about a 2.2, 2.3 billion bushel carryout, you can lose a couple hundred million bushels, and it's not going to change the picture all that dramatically, particularly when demand is not there to begin with.
0: USDA is calling for a yield, uh, or an, a bushel to acre of 175. The mm-hmm. crop tour today number was 172. Mm-hmm. So as you plan ahead, uh, we look at maybe harvest lows that may enter into the picture in late August, September. Do you believe a low is in in corn? I, I
1: believe a temporary low. Yes. I mean, I think we have a base, you know, you've taken December corn down to this 480 level when it's really kind of floated around here for the last two to three weeks. That's pretty typical action for corn to, uh, when you're, when you're at a low ebb of trade, Granted, we still need a stimulus. You know, maybe that stimulus is a little better bean trade. Uh, maybe we see some export business. Mexico has been, you know, active. I mean, not unusually active, but active in our market here as of late. Uh, again, are we talking anything more than a 10, maybe a 20% rally? Probably, probably not. What do you like about
0: beans? You kind of your hand a little bit there.
1: Well, you know, I, I don't know if I want to say I, I necessarily like what's going on in the bean market per se. I, I but but that said, I, I think you know there is it does a bushel or two in corn doesn't really make a huge change within that supply and demand balance. A bushel in beans makes a huge difference. And I say I think there's just enough concern about what, what happened on these last two to three weeks when they really should have been filling pods. Some of the farmers I've talked to in Illinois even say, well, you know, the plants look phenomenal. You know, they're, they're tall, they're bushy, but they're just not the pods there. So unless we saw some really late fill, you know, you're probably looking at average bean yields even for some of the best, best uh, bean, bean fields out there. So.
0: Again, pro-farmer yep. numbers, uh, they predict 49.7 after mm-hmm. their research this week. USDA is still at 50.9. So right. there's your half a bushel oh, sure, difference, sure. a little more yep. than yeah. that. Yeah. So if I'm looking at, uh, we're already flipping into next year for that deferred contract, mm-hmm. or if I'm looking ahead to harvest this year, what's a strategy for me right now, given there's still a possibility of a bump,
1: the uh, you know I would tend to say that farmers do tend uh, at least at least in, in my experience that uh, if we look at respectable uh, prices at harvest time they'll tend to move beans off the combine more so than corn. Uh, there is more carry in the corn market to begin with, so if it's a question of how do I allocate space for storage, it's probably going to go more sort of the corn and then and with deferred sales. Uh, but but if we uh, put it, I think from where we stand uh, anything higher. Uh, I think you're going to tend to see beans move off of the combine. And, and I think in, in both cases, we have to keep in perspective that over the next 30 to 45 days, we're going to have the largest supply we're going to have all year long. So, I mean, there's still going to be an ample amount of supply out there right now, which should really temper any kind of a runaway, runaway market. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about a harvest low there settling in for beans. Uh, well, I, we might have seen that already. Okay. Maybe it was a summer low.
0: Well, so, let's yeah. ask a, we, you, you left out one word, maybe because you knew this question was coming. James in Oklahoma asked us this week, he said, Hey, how much will a slipping Chinese economy affect grain prices? A billion plus people still have to eat, Dan. Oh, certainly. You know, they, uh, you know, the Chinese consumer just as a whole seems
1: to be uh, spending less. And, and I think you know, when you talk about deflation already in China, you know, how can you have deflation with, when we've we seen prices escalate for everything from fuel to, to housing or whatever the case may be. But I mean, I think you know, and there, you have a nation there. Not only are they spending less. Demographically, that that country is truly a mess. I mean, it's an aging, aging population. And you know, speaking from experience, when you get older, you tend to spend less, you tend to eat a little less. Uh, so it's you know, your your priorities shift as long uh, along that same area. And boy, I mean, that population is aging dramatically. So it's. Uh, you know, and again, if you don't have the young people up, the people with the, you know, truly with the appetite for everything, not just food, but I mean for goods and, uh, and clothing and you name it, it, it tends to be uh, pretty harmful to the economy. Moving to livestock, live cattle. Very good.
0: Weather-related market or packer back in control slowing down the line market?
1: Well, it may be a combination of both, but certainly, you know, the, the hot weather over the last week has, has slowed down gains. Uh, you know, so maybe we're having a little less tonnage potentially over the market here in the next uh, uh, next few weeks. You know that said, I mean, what a phenomenal year in the cattle market. Uh, but you know we have just reached that point where I think consumer, particularly as you move into the fall when we tend to uh, cook outside less, a little less appetite for uh, for some hamburger there, and you know, we look at the price discrepancy between beef against pork against poultry, you know you can see this demand really start to wane pretty rapidly in the in the beef market. Even with the lower numbers,
0: well, and prices, if they do get out of control uh, again, if we have this inflation train that Mm -hmm. that Powell thinks that we're going to have, sure, beef's usually one of those places where it shows up. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, it's, uh, and
1: and again, the. I I think we've been fortunate in the respect that you know we've, as as many issues as we've had within the economy and the worries about inflation, you know the uh, the employment has kind of been the balancing act there. And of course, I mean that has been a major objective of the Fed is to slow down the growth. In, uh, in employment and if that's the case and you start seeing fewer people hired or people start to lose their positions, you know, you're know you going to tend to back away from the, uh, the expensive treats at the, uh, the grocery store as well.
0: You know, like talk about an aging population. That's part of that factor too oh, certainly that we haven't had in a while. Let's go to uh, feeders then uh, because there is a word, uh, I wrote it down when you were talking about hmm. China, you talk about deflation, there could be the recession, but the word now in feeders is stagnation. Is that what you hear?
1: Well, I think it, it certainly makes sense. You know, one, I mean, if you're uh, starting to see the, the fat market uh, level off, peak out, uh, even with lower feed grains, you know, it, it's going to be pretty difficult to sustain any higher prices on that feeder market right now. So, yeah, I, I think the uh, when you look at the beef trade as a whole, the beef industry as a whole, it's probably not a time to be a real bull. Is it time to cover feed needs with feeders right now? Oh, short term, probably okay. You know, the uh, you know, there is probably a uh, uh, when it comes to you know, corn usage. Certainly, I would say it's yeah for for the next thirty days, forty-five days would not hurt to uh, to have some coverage on for the upside. You know, if you're if are looking over at the meal side of it, uh, you know I keep hearing you know granted the meal market performed extremely well here this week, but you keep hearing stories that you know meal is actually backing up the plants. Uh, you know it's the, the hot weather not does not only affects uh, the appetite for the animals, hogs and cattle both, but it also messes around with the uh, the crushes a little bit as well. So it uh, so yeah, it's you know I guess I wouldn't be overly aggressive on the meal, but same token, uh, you know it doesn't hurt to have the next 30 day coverage out anyway.
0: That didn't seem to be impacting the hog market or did it because we were lower on the week there? Uh, lower
1: on the week but tried to, tried to bounce back kind of late week. But I mean hogs have enjoyed a pretty substantial rally over the last four to six weeks so I think we're more in a corrective phase here right now. I, I don't believe the bull market's over but uh, we needed just to wash a few of those longs out of there for the, temp, for the time being. Do you think the bears though are in control? Of hogs? Yeah, I I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I think they uh, right now it's more of a corrective phase than it is anything of a of a massive peak and and collapse of the downside.
0: Final 30 seconds, I have okay. to go back to Whoops. cotton for right. a minute um, because we, I think today, added a sixth consecutive day of gains. Yep. Is that uh, a trend?
1: I, I think substantial in the respect that it, you know, cotton really didn't react much off of that last supply demand report, and it was really the only commodity that had actual positive news. So I think this is uh, finally kind of, kind of coming to fruition. You know, this takes us right up to some very key resistance. If we extend it any higher next week, then you're into
0: uh, really a whole new market. So. Hmm. And guess what we're into? The end of the show. Oh, no. Thank Again. you, Again, thank you. Good to see you. Dan Huber, everybody. Thank you. Okay. That will do it for our analysis. We're going to put a pin in it here, continue our discussion about these markets. We have questions about basis in our Market Plus segment. You can find both Analysis and Plus on our website of markettomarket.org. All of the resources I just mentioned, they are free. YouTube connects you to our full program, Market Plus and the MTOM podcast. When you subscribe and turn on notifications by clicking that little bell, you will know before anyone else our work here is ready for you. Follow along at youtube.com slash market to market. Next week, we look at the pending return of Congress and the focus coming back on the Farm Bill. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great week.